Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are coming to you to discuss our gift guide. We figured we'd get it out there a little early, so you have some time to think about some things and what you might want to get for the bookish people in your life. So what we did was we came up with a couple of categories and that we're going to have in common. Gail and I, of course, did not share what it is that we will be picking. So there will be an element of surprise for <laughs> us. Um, yeah, so we didn't share all of our picks. Actually, I think we did list some. And then there's a couple of categories where we just went rogue and came up with our own things that we thought, you know, that would be good gift for you or a good gift for a friend in your life. So uh, I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so we'll also do our regulars, like what we're reading. We'll have a little bit of book news, our backlist books, and then we will just get into it. All right. So what have you been reading? So what have I been reading? Okay, I finished The Giver of Stars, finally. And it is completely as expected. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's entertaining. It was all that you planned for it to be. Yes, and no more and no less. So that's good. Uh, then I also started a new book. Okay. So I've never read any Ellen Hildebrandt. Have you? Yes. Okay. Are you a fan? I, I mean, I like her. She comes out with, she could be reliably expected to come out with a book a year. It's usually set on some, uh, I think it was, which island is hers? Is it Nantucket that she loves? Yes. yes. So it's usually set on Nantucket. Someone's usually fleeing some kind of relationship set up or will discover that their husband has been up to shape something shady and they kind of go there to recover and regroup. And uh, yeah, that's like her happy place. I think they're fine. I wouldn't read a ton of them in a row, but I think, you know, to have like one come out a year is. Yeah. Well, I've never read any by her, but this latest one <clears throat> totally caught my eye because of the fact that what it's about, it's called 28 Summers. And it's based on the uh, movie Same Time Next Year. So it's about this woman. She's 51. She's dying of cancer. And her son finds this note that's like, call this number. So he calls the number and the person who answers the phone is this guy. This all happens in page one. So I'm not revealing anything. He, it, The person who answers the phone is um, basically the Doug Emhoff of the book. He's the husband of the woman who's running for vice president. So, um, and it turns out that she, his mother has been having this like one weekend a year affair with him and Hmm. it goes back in time to 1993 and it traces every year of their relationship, I guess. So in, in fact, I'm now in 1993, four maybe, and they haven't even met yet. But, um, what I love about it is like each year she opens it with like, what were we talking about in 1993? And she lists all the things that was big in 1993. And I am the same age almost as the protagonist. So when she goes back to 1993, when she's like 24 years old, like that's exactly how old I was in 1993. So 
I was like, I have to read this. <laughs> so I think it'll be a good like page turnery read. And I've gotten some of my best friends from college to do a buddy read with me on it because it's like their lives too. So anyway, I'm so is reading, it bringing back memories of 1993? What were you yeah, doing in 1993? When it opens, she's living on the Upper West Side. And I oh. was like, that's where I was living. So in 1993? I mean, she, yeah. I mean, she quickly moves to uh, Nantucket, but like at least <laughs> for the first like five pages, she was in New York. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's going to be fun, I think. And then on audio, I don't know, I'm in a historical fiction mood. I'm reading the latest book by Christina Baker Klein called The Exiles. And it's about three women in uh, eighteen mid-1800s in Australia. And like one of them has ended up there because she was like sent there because she was a prisoner in England, which is, you know, how they kind of colonized Australia is they sent all these prisoners there. So I'm not very far into that one either, maybe like the first 30 pages or something, but it seems good. I don't know why like historical fiction seems good to me right now. It's transporting me out of 2020. Although I will say today is Sunday, uh, the 7th and or the 8th, the 8th. And I will say 2020 just got a little better after yesterday. So it's not as yeah, bad I was as it was. Out. New York was very excited yesterday. I ventured out to have a congratulatory cocktail with a friend and we stayed out for dinner and just kind of walked around and people were just randomly cheering and bursting into song. And it was a very fun atmosphere. We were over in Washington Square Park for a while. Oh, and nice. uh and then we were over at Stonewall. Nice. DC was uh, just completely electrified yesterday. It was great. I like, think that they, we were at Stonewall and I think that they spliced together uh, audio of Trump saying, you're fired from <laughs> all of his episodes of The Apprentice. So we're walking by and you just hear, you're fired. You're fired. That's awesome. That's you're awesome. fired. You know, just like... <laughs> <laughs> what is going on over here? It's just that's awesome. My husband um, took my kids to the uh, White House yesterday, and it was just just packed. I mean, it wasn't great for like social distancing, but it was very um, exciting. Just the right. crowd was just very very excited. Like two blocks from the White House, you can't get that close to the White House anymore because he's barricaded the whole thing up. But it was right. uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, <clears throat> Stonewall is only two. Yeah, it's about two blocks from where I am. So I had to walk by that big crowd. And a lot of people had masks on, but there were a few, you know, who would pop up and, and there weren't any masks, and which is problematic for if you aren't social distancing. But right. at least it was outside. It was a nice day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I posted a story from down there and my comment was, you know, this is great love the weather except global warming. <laughs> it's like God, 70 I know. degrees. It yeah. was, you know, I had a jacket on because I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe it's going to be in the 60s. The sun's going to go down. It's going to get cool. It was so warm. Yeah. What are you reading? I finished a book, Gail. Oh my God. Congratulations. <laughs> We've totally switched places. <laughs> was it Addie? It was Addie LaRue, The Invisible oh, Life of Addie LaRue. It was definitely, I think you will really like it because there is that magical element. But like I said, it's not 
a massive part of the story. Um, it has this element where she goes like past and present, you know, you're kind of alternating, you're in the present and you're seeing her story unfold and she's telling you these things that she's learned about her, the situation and her curse, like what are the limitations and how she has to live her life. And we go back and we see her at these different points in history, usually on the same day, uh, which I think you'll like as well, just because this is when she will usually have a catch up with the God who has who has granted her this existence, which in a lot of ways is much like a curse. And you kind of get to see the progress she's made and whether she's going to give in and, and give him her soul at the moment, or if she's going to continue to live on. And she finally meets a young man who's able to remember her when she goes to this bookstore. So there's a cat named Book in it. So there's there's lots of things to like in there. And it, and it, it was a really good story. Does it go all the way to the present day? Um, I think present day for them might have been 2014. Okay. But like modern, like this. Right. Yes. Century. Okay. I have the book in the house now. So oh, you swapped for it. I swapped or I bought it. I can't remember. There's, there's, I'm in a lot of swap threads and then also people selling books, which are usually like 12 bucks. So, um, I do a lot of that too. And I don't have to worry about, do they have something that, do I have something they want? I can just like Venmo yeah, them $12. Yeah. And they said, right. so I think that was actually, if somebody was selling a huge stack of books and I was like the, maybe the 50th commenter on her thread. And mm-hmm. I said, I was like, is Addie still available? Like I couldn't believe it would still be there. And she texted me right back. She's like, yes, it's still, it's still, no one has bought it yet. So it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> sign me up. So yeah, I have it in the house. So I'll try to get to it before the end of the year. What thread is that? I need that thread because there's Ooh, things I'll send I could it to you. It is, yeah, you. It's great. It's um, book of the month plus, so B O T M plus sign buy slash sell. So what that so means these is are books that don't necessarily have to be book of the month. Yeah, picks. they don't have to be book of the month picks. Um, they can be anything. A lot of them are book of the month picks, but many of them are not. But you cannot sell arcs because arcs you can't sell arcs in general. Right. So, so they abide it have by to that. be a finished copies, right? So if you have an arc, that's much better to go on the swap sites. So there's like BOTM swap plus I'm in, in Spivey swap. Um, they're both great. They're both very active. I mean, I would say seventy well, percent of my Facebook feed is um, swaps. <laughs> swap is swap posts. I have a problem. Oh my god. You, you don't even. When we can travel, when we can safely visit again, I'm coming, staying for a weekend. And <laughs> but you're, the thing is, these are all current good books. Like you would look at them and be like, "Oh yeah, that's supposed to be good." Like that's supposed to be good. I, I, it, my problem is no longer the like old arcs. I still have right. some of those, but now these are all hard copy of good current books that I would really like to read that I've swapped for or bought for twelve dollars, and they're just. I mean, proliferating is an understatement. They're like by the time they get to you, it will be a problem because it's a problem for me. I just I did a purge. Uh, I this man who lives in my building, his daughter is a teacher, and I guess they don't have a lot of books in their library. And I'm I'm just like, uh, I have like so many bags of books that you could take. So I gave him those, and I think he may have gotten some arcs that I thought were particularly good. 
And then the rest I recycled because there's just not enough places to put them. So, but I have, that's my problem is that every book that I have is a book that has survived many purges and mm-hmm. I legitimately would love to read. Yeah. But at the same time, books are still always coming in. Yeah. And, you know, this has really put a dent in my, cause I had on my Goodreads list that I was going to read 104 books this year, which normally would not be a problem, be two books a week between my commute and just, you know, my early Saturday morning before brunch kind of thing, knock out a book. But that just did not happen this year. I mean, I've read, I don't think I finished anything in October. So I've just finished Addie LaRue and there's a couple of more things I want to finish. Plus we've decided to read Anne of Green Gables together to discuss this. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's like Goodreads says I'm 55 books behind. I may edit my... <laughs> I think you should just t- cancel the challenge. Right. You don't or need that every time edit you it, go on Goodreads. Edit it down yeah. to 40 books so I can feel yeah. good about myself. All right. We should probably get into the, uh, the, gi- the gift guide or the book news. Let me see. Let me see if the book news is something because I definitely want to to get to everything. But I'm also still listening to The Meaning of Mariah Carey. Okay. And still really liking that. So The Secret is going to be a movie to, to do some book news. It's going to be starring Katie Holmes. As with everything in Hollywood, whenever they make these nonfiction books, they're usually about romance. You know, Eat, Pray, Love was... But Eat, Pray, Love actually had a narrative that I think lends itself to being made into a movie. If you remember what to expect when you're expecting, (laughs) they made that into a book, which was kind of, they made it about couples and stuff, even though that is a nonfiction, uh, literally what to expect when you're expecting guidebook. Yeah, that's stupid. That's stupid. So (laughs) The Secret, they have made into a movie with Katie Holmes. She's going to be starring as a widowed mother of three children, I guess, who's going to be looking for love or something. And I guess she will be using the principles of the secret to do so. So last week we discussed that the Bridgerton series uh, is going to be on Netflix and that Shonda Rhyme is doing it. Buzz is building around it. They are comparing it to Gossip Girl and saying it's like a throwback Gossip Girl. (laughs) And the Amazon book review is rushing out these best of 2020 books as recommended by celebrities. So, so far, Stephen King, Hoda Kotb, Lily Reinhart, Natalie Portman are celebrities who have shared their lists. So, so Amazon is just rushing out the lists or? No, I'm, well, I'm saying they're kind of rushing them out. I mean, it's, End of October, early November. Oh, oh, I see. So they're just getting the list out there so people can start their holiday shopping. Right. Got yeah, it. I guess we were doing our gift guide right now. So maybe yep. we're all on the same page with that. But I think those lists, you know, in the next week will start popping up because we always comment that it's just like there's still six weeks in the year left, but right. well, they will like be out. My independent bookstore that I go to and... um Actually, every year I wrap books during their holiday season. So I go a couple times and do the gift wrapping, um, which is a fundraiser for the Washington Literacy Council because people pay a dollar for every book that gets wrapped. And then the bookstore donates the wrapping paper and the volunteers do it. So they, it makes money. 
but like they've moved their member sale up like three weeks. It's usually the first week of December. And now it's like, the, I think it's next week. So everyone seems to be backing up the holiday stuff with the expectation that people are going to start earlier and that may, may not want to be in stores or malls in a couple of weeks. And probably too, I think that so many people, so many businesses are just really depending on the Christmas season, which is not expected to be as it was in previous years. Lots of stores make 50 to 75% of their income during the holiday season. So I think a lot of places are possibly, you know, trying to make it through a little bit on life support. So maybe as soon as they get those sales or know what it's, what, you know, have some indication of what it's going to be like. They can make decisions that they need to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirkus announced their book prize winners. Each each winner got $50,000. So Luster won for fiction, which is a book that I'm in the middle of. I find it so depressing, but well-written. Um, their nonfiction pick is something I haven't heard of by... Michelle Denzel Smith. It's called Stakes is High, Life After the American Dream. And in their young readers literature, uh, I Am Everything Good, which is illustrated by Derek Barnes. So I'll link to this list that has all of the also um, what the rest of the nominees were for in each category because I want to be sensitive to our time. But Two of the books that were on fiction that I will just mention because we've talked about them are Deacon King Kong by James McBride and The Lying Life of Adults by Elena Ferrante. Nice. So, okay. I think that does it for the book news. Uh, so let's get into our gift guide and then we will save the backlist books for the end of the show if we get to it, because I feel like with the gift guide, I know I have a couple of books that I will mention that are backlist. Okay. All right. So like Nicole said, we've each got some categories. They're not necessarily the categories that you would hear about on other book lists. We try to do something a little different on the show. And um, we've each come up with categories in at least one or two things and not necessarily, they're not all books. They're all kind of book adjacent, but they're not necessarily all books. And um, we're just going to go through and say who the recipient is and then some recommendations for that recipient. All right. So Gail, I can get off. started. Yeah. So uh, book to get your best friend. I think I do this category every year. So for this, I Me always too. try to find, yeah, something that you will want to talk about that you will share and that you will sort of, that may come up in conversation again later and that you will enjoy having shared the reading experience with. So I have two books on that. Actually, one is a trilogy. And of the trilogy, I've only read one. But it is, and I know I talk about this all the time. It is the Plain Song Trilogy by Kent Haruf. Um, I am like, I'm like spacing these out. I have the second one um, after Plain Song. I think it's called Eventide. And I haven't started it yet because I just like, I, I know I'm going to really like it and I want to savor it. Um, but I recommend this book all the time uh, or this series all the time. They're just these beautiful, understated books about this small town in Colorado called Salida. And um, I just think they're so good. And I did Plain Song on audio and uh, I've got Eventide uh, coming up. These are 
back, definitely backlist. I think they came out in the 2000s, before maybe even before 2010. I don't even know. It's a while ago. But Do this they have is a, a male or female narrator? Um, Do you remember who the narrator is? For Plain Song, it was a male narrator and he was fantastic. I can't remember his name. But they're not, but it's not all male characters. So he, it's, so don't, you know, it sounds kind of masculine, like the cover and it's a male writer and it's in Colorado. It sounds like rugged and male and it's not, I mean, there's plenty of male characters, but there's also good female characters and he seems to get them pretty well. So I don't know who narrates the ones in the next series, but I thought the the guy who did, um, Plain song was fantastic. I mean, like most men, his female voices aren't perfect. Like I think sometimes male authors or male narrators do use a falsetto when they do female characters. It drives me crazy because it makes the women sound like silly. But um, I just remember really liking that audio. And these books are not terribly long. They're very manageable. So that's the first one. <laughs> the first and review I see, it says Grim living in a small town. Grim living it well. I mean, if I'm and then the it, second so. one was a bleak book about small town life. This but is for I'm which interested. one? For plain song. This is for plain song. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's coming from me, it's going to be depressing. Like, <laughs> right? Just how okay. I am. Um, although I have we, some sunnier fare on this list this year, but um, yeah, I mean, they're they're sort of sad. They're kind of about like loneliness and connection, but there's. There's hope throughout. Like they, Our they may souls be at night was about the same thing and it was beautiful. Yep. Hope and connection, right? Or loneliness and connection. So yes, Our Souls at Night is also great. And I would add Our Souls at Night. Uh, basically anything by Kent Haru, if you can't go wrong. And then my second book for a book to read with your best friend is nonfiction called Craigless Confessional um, by Helen... Uh, Dan, I forgot to get her, the author's name. Um, Helen, I'll, I'll link to it. I forgot what her last name is um, or how to pronounce it. But um, this is a book about her anonymous interviews or interviews with anonymous people that she sort of recruits through Craigslist who all have something interesting to say about their lives, whether it's you know an experience they've had or a secret they're hiding or something that happened to them. Um, it's kind of like, imagine the humans of New York type thing, but it's anonymous with no pictures or anything like that. And, um, it's, it's really good. And I think this would be a nice book to read with someone else so that you could talk about it. And, you know, as you go through the stories, you can kind of reflect on them and, and because the stories are short, you can extend the life of them by discussing them with someone else. So Craigless Confessional and the Plain Song Trilogy as a book for your best friend. Maybe I will check out Craigslist Confessional. One of my friends was living in Brooklyn, but gave up her place at the beginning of the pandemic. So now she's in Pittsburgh. So we talk a couple of times a month, but usually one of those times we, you know, each of us will take, we take turns picking books and talking about them because we would meet all the time when she lived here and when we could meet and discuss and swap books. And I sent her a bunch of books. So that's another great gift idea for people. Media mail is super cheap. I think I sent her eight or nine books and it was $6 or something. So if you have some books and you have some friends that you haven't seen and you have some books that you wouldn't mind letting go of, or you think that they would enjoy, 
that is a great gift because books can be uh, books can be expensive. So we might that might be a good thing for us to check out because even you know to just read that and kind of discuss the stories that grabbed us most. All right. So on my list, I have an author that I tried to read last year whose book I did not like, but this one is really jumping out at me. It's The Guest List by Lucy Foley. And last year I read The Hunting Party. This is, I just found out, is her, The Hunting Party was her first crime novel, but she has written other novels. She's written this novel called The Invitation. Um, and she's also written The Book of Lost and Found. So I think I thought that she was a new author and I just felt like, I don't know, The Hunting Party, I felt like the characters were derivative. She does this thing where there are these people on the periphery. It's about a party who goes together to spend, they spend New Year's Eve together each year. So she, there's a bunch of friends who have gone to this lodge that gets, is, um, is just cut off from all the services. It starts to snow and they're kind of stuck there and someone dies. And and so she has these people who are on the periphery of the party, which, you, you know, you kind of wonder, do they have anything to do with it or not? But I just felt like all of the people who went were just kind of stereotypical people. There was not a lot of depth. You know, she had a lot of characters, but not too much depth with any of them. But she's written this novel called The Guest List about a wedding that takes place in some some Irish town, small Irish town or island, and someone does not like that they're getting married or there's something around this couple and someone ends up dead. So I mentioned this book because I had gone with my aunt to the bookstore and I kind of looked at it. I've been giving it the eye for a while because, you know, when you read a book by someone, it wasn't like the first book was completely terrible. And in the second book, I just feel like maybe there's an opportunity for growth. So she's kind of interested in too. It was a Reese book club pick. So I feel like there might be things in this one that have improved from the last one. People say it gives them ag- classic Agatha Christie vibes. Yeah, so there was like this it. other book that I had picked that that um, was Agatha Christie-like. It was called They All Fall Down by Rachel Halzel. But it got such bad reviews that I took it off the list. But I'm in the middle of reading it. And actually, my friend is reading it too. So I will report back if it is indeed terrible. Okay. Not gift God worthy though. Uh, yeah, right. So... I don't know. I mean, maybe I will find that it is and I'll revise, but for right now, no, it's not on there. So my other book is The Meaning of Mariah Carey. I think similar to the book that you mentioned at the top of the show, the Ellen Hildebrand book, this book is kind of good to read, you know, with your friends. I think a lot of us, I was listening to an interview with Trevor Noah and he interviewed Mariah Carey and he talked about, you know, how her music was just the soundtrack to so many breakups or relationships or, you know, you would hear them when you were out places, the remixes. And I think that's, it's a fun story to listen to with a friend. Um, Not fun in some aspects because she did really have a tragic life. And I feel like a lot of people look at her and think she 
she's had a very privileged adult life, but you know, she had an abusive husband. She had a lot of abuse going on in her family as she was growing up. And then you just kind of get to see like what the moments that were really behind all of these songs that you love. And there'll be a song you come across and you realize it's by Derek Jeter. So there's a conversation. Is the, is the abusive husband Tommy Matolo, that guy she was married to for a long time? Yes. Okay. So, so that's my pick for that. Okay. So, so our next category, friend. right, is a man in your life. The man in your life, a man in your life. So I guess this could be husband, boyfriend, brother, father, father. Uh, okay. So I've picked a book here. I haven't read because it's not out yet. It's, uh, the promised land or a promised land by Barack Obama, our boyfriend. Um, I haven't read it. I'm sure it's really good. Uh, a lot of guys I know seem to like presidential memoirs. So I just, that seems like a no brainer. Maybe it'll be a musical. <laughs> exactly. But maybe <laughs> Lin-Manuel had an advanced copy and he's already working on it. Um, and then the other thing, and I talked about these on the show last week, so I won't spend a lot of time on them, but um, I mentioned that my hair dry book, which I'm getting to the end of after like a month, is called uh, The Works by Kate Asher. And it is the book about all of the infrastructure that makes New York City possible from garbage and sewage to electricity to streetlights and fire hydrants and everything. And it's, I think it's fascinating. I just, I absolutely love this book. So um, I don't know why I'm like stereotyping that like only men are interested in this because clearly they're not, but I think a lot of men would find it interesting. And then I mentioned a book last week on our November book show. I have not read it or even seen it physically, but it's called A Walk Around the Block. And it is a similar book in that it's about the things in your neighborhood that you don't notice, that you don't think about, but that are there and, you know, making our modern life possible. So those Did you mention pairing, manhole co- covers for that one? Uh, manhole covers is in the works for sure. Like okay. it explains, um, like there's a difference between the manhole covers that lead to electrical sewer. stuff and versus sewer stuff. The sewer ones, I just learned this yesterday. Sewer ones have slits on the top to oh. A, release odors, which is gross, right. and also <laughs> to prevent um, pressure from building up. An explosion. Yeah, you don't want them nasty. just right, right. But the ones that are used for like telephone uh, wires under the street or electricity, um, those do not have slits on them. So, and it shows you like what it looks like when you lift the manhole cover, like what's under there. So, I mean, it's just like a fascinating book. I love it. I think you would really like it, Nicole. Hopefully not Pennywise. Yeah, hopefully not. Doesn't mention <laughs> anything about about clowns. <laughs> Killer clowns. Yeah. I okay. I just, you know, I think about the runoff. Another thing that people probably don't think about is when you have the curb and it's raised so the water runs off and, and oh, Pennywise just, clown lives in there. I just read about that too. Okay. The runoff and how like now they've got these things because what would happen is the runoff that would go into the sewer would then have all kinds of trash in it because it was like stuff on the street that would just slide down the curb like styrofoam containers from takeout food or, you know, water bottles, whatever. And then that stuff, the runoff water would get um, dumped into like the Hudson River somewhere and it would have all of that trash in there. So now they're putting these filters to prevent 
the runoff from having all that trash in it. Anyway, okay, your turn. So I have Bitcoin Billionaires by Ben Mesrich, which I read last year. Uh, Bitcoin just uh, doubled in value again. You know, it had kind of gone up and went down and now it's supposed to be one of these investments that is is going to be around. So this book is about the twins from the Winklevoss twins who are originally linked to Mark Zuckerberg and supposedly they had the inspiration for him building Facebook. He was actually supposed to work on a project for them, but then he took their idea and I guess took their preliminary designs and made it into Facebook. And I think they did a settlement with him. They got some money, but they are not a part of that. So then they kind of set out to lick their wounds and they got interested in Bitcoin. So it's all about them investigating this new type of currency, how it originally started, um, was of interest to criminals, basically, in order to move product. And it was attached to the Silk Road. So they get invested in it and try to figure out how they can make it a legitimate money enterprise that regular people will use, that banks will be involved in, and that they can regulate. So I think they, you know, the the title is Bitcoin Billionaires because they became the first billionaires from Bitcoin. And it's, it's like, I guess their revenge comeback story that they have built this, this cryptocurrency, which of course, Facebook, I think was trying to do one called Libra, which ultimately failed. But I think it's an, it, it's an interesting thing. It's kind of, still in the news. So you will have some basis to understand it without it getting super technical. Like they do explain some of how Bitcoin is created, how it's counted, how, you know, you need multiple people in order to process transactions. But it is to a little bit of, I guess, a a good narrative nonfiction read. The other one that I would recommend that I thought was really good is Know My Name by Chanel Miller, which of course was about Chanel Miller's I guess, a survival of the sexual assaults that she suffered back in 2013, I believe. Um, this is the one involving the swimmer from Stanford and just how his life was so much more valued as hers. And she wrote this very impactful victim impact statement that went viral and that just helped so many people. And then she decided to come forth and just tell the story about it and just how she hid it for so long, how she finally was able to come forward. So it's just about her journey. And I think that's an important story for men to read. My daughter's been trying to get my husband to read that for like a year. (laughs) See? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next category. Okay. My next category is, or our next category is books for people who love page turners about smart women. And there's a lot to choose from this year. So I have three books in this category. Um, I've talked about them relatively recently, so I won't spend too much time on them. The first is The Boys Club by Erica Katz, which is a high octane read about the first year at a big New York law firm written from the perspective of a female associate who 
who joins the M&A team, which is the most intense and, you know, long hours, masculine sort of testosterone fueled group within the firm. And um, she's definitely like a smart woman and she's kind of dealing with a bunch of men. Um, the second book is The Golden Cage by Camilla Lockberg. And that is about a, it's kind of a revenge fantasy of a woman whose husband treated her terribly and how she gets back at him and brings him down. And that book, I had a very hard time putting down. And then the last one is a book I read early in the year, which still really stands out to me, uh, Long Bright River by Liz Moore, which is about a woman cop in Philadelphia who's dealing with the disappearance of her sister, who is a drug addict. And um, so she's trying to find her sister. And then she's also trying to solve um, a series of murders of <clears throat> prostitutes in this kind of suburb, not a suburb, but a particular neighborhood within Philadelphia. This book, my God, I could not put this book down. And there's a lot of twists and turns and surprises. And, um, you know, sometimes the protagonist does some things that are dubious, like her judgment is sometimes a little off. So the smart, but she's still a smart woman. I wouldn't call her not a smart woman. And uh, this is just- Smart women do dubious things. You're right. Right. Smart women are not perfect. They're just smart. So this is a thriller, um, but it's kind of on the edge of literary fiction too. And I just, I literally could not put this book down. I remember I was traveling when I read it and I was like in this hotel room just reading. I was supposed to be, you know, at like some cocktail reception for work. And (laughs) I'm like, I have to read 10 more pages of this book. It was really good. Yeah, I would posit that it is literary fiction that leans thrillery because I think mm-hmm. that if some people have issues with this book, it could be, it is very intricate. The pacing is a little slow. It is a page turner, but you do get a lot of background and detail into how these sisters grew up, what goes into their relationship, commentary on the society. So I think that if you're just, it's like a slow burn page thriller. Mm-hmm. You just really want, it's really good. So you want to know what's going on. But I think if you have someone who is just more into page turners, I'm not quite sure that this would fit the bill. So, okay. So I also put Know My Name in <laughs> by Chanel Miller in this category just because I thought it was a page turner. Just, you know, she goes into what her family was like and the dynamics of her family and how it affected her, her relationship with her sister the different ways that she tried to heal, you know, she moves, she moves away with her boyfriend. She starts taking art classes. Um, she does stand up comedy. There's just many paths to her healing. And it was, it was fascinating. It was such a good book. My other one is a woman like her, the story behind the honor killing of a social media s- star by Sanam Mayer. And it, I listened to it on audio, so it was read by Dipti Gupta. And it's about a woman who they called the Kim Kardashian of Pakistan. Her name was Kandil Baloch. And so she had just built a social media following of selfies, you know, kind of like pouty videos that she would post for people. And she was murdered by her brother. Now, her murder was the one that fast-tracked a bill against honor killings. 
And I think in 2016, they actually closed a loophole with the honor killings because I think it was something like if your parents said it was okay or someone in, in the community condoned it, then you did not have to be prosecuted for it if they didn't want to. But her parents actually wanted her brother to be prosecuted, even though there was some controversy on whether they changed their minds or not. But it was all about her, how she was married off very young to a husband who was abusive, how she had to leave her son with him, and just how difficult it was for her to make a living. Like she used to, I think you, she would ride on buses and serve tea to men. Um, so it just talked about how difficult those women had in establishing a life for themselves. She was trying to go to school, how difficult that can be. So just a lot of things in the society that she was up against and how this law changed those things. It was, it's about her life, but it's also about the culture in Pakistan that supports this and how, you know, the, I guess the legal battles and how some women are striking out, even though they don't have the permission of their families and getting an education and being lawyers and, and changing the legislation that affects them. Okay. Next category is for your friend who likes to be on top of new releases and always wants to know what's coming out. I have two recommendations there. Um, the first is a subscription to Book of the Month. Now, Book of the Month is not without controversy. Book of the Month this summer took a lot of heat for two things. One, not featuring enough diverse authors. And then two, for on social media, they were deleting some comments that were made about the lack of diversity. So the... The second issue obviously cannot be fixed. It happened. Um, I, I'm assuming they fired their social media person and started over with someone else. The first one, I do think that they have made an effort to include more diverse voices. And, um, you know, I think they're really trying. And so I, I've had a subscription for a while at Nicole's suggestion. And um, a lot of people canceled their subscriptions and went elsewhere or just, you know, decided they were done. I stuck with it. Uh, I'm glad I did because, again, I do think they're making an effort. And um, I like being part of Book of the Month because I get a new book every month and it's cheaper than I it would be if I were buying it retail. Sometimes they're advanced. If you're part of Book of the Month, sometimes you get them before they're actually released to the public. It's a fun community to be part of. Like I said, the Book of the Month swaps, the Book of the Month uh, spoilers page. These are all accounts on Facebook that I'm on where people are either selling or swapping the books they have, or they're conjecturing about what the next one's going to be. And I do learn about books I wouldn't otherwise know. And it's just fun when that blue box shows up at your house. So you can buy gift subscriptions of like three months or six months. You, know, you go on their site and they've had a couple of promotions so far this year, like 15% off. So I think it's a great gift because it, you know, it's something that comes every month and something to look forward to. I found someone or a couple of people made comments that they would prefer to stay with Book of the Month and work within the system in terms of when their pick comes to kind of vote with their pick and to pick a book that is by a diverse author or something different than them, what they would normally be exposed to, to also encourage Book of the Month to seek these out because it's also profitable for them. So 
that's a perspective I had seen. The interesting thing about Book of the Month is I had quit it in the beginning of the year. And I, Gail, when she asked why, I said that there were some books that I read that I really enjoyed, but I think Book of the Month books are different. Like you can't, like if you want to sell them to a used bookstore like Powell's or something, they won't accept a Book of the Month version of the book. And I do think that it is because of the quality. And I have come across books that I really loved and would like to have, but the paper quality is so thin, thin, or I just know that in a few years time, you know, it'll be, it's easy to tear the paper. It's going to yellow. So a lot of the books that I pick were books that I had a feeling that I would enjoy and would want to have around. So I stopped for just the quality issue. But I think it's definitely, if you're just going to read it and it's on to the next person, like if you don't keep books, then it's definitely something you should check out. Yep. My second recommendation, and I think I've made this recommendation before, I subscribe to a magazine called Book Page, which is a monthly magazine that previews books for the next upcoming month. And they have great reviews. They have a big fiction section, a big nonfiction section. They also have book club section, audiobook, cooking, lifestyle, self-help, all of that. Um, they've got interviews with authors. It's just, it's a great publication and I really enjoy it. And I learn a lot about upcoming books that way as well. It's one of the myriad sources I use to find out what's going on. And I can't remember how much it is per year. Maybe it's like 30 bucks a year. Um, so I like to support them and, um, I just enjoy it. I get it a paper version of it. I wonder if there is possibly also a digital subscription. If you don't want to get paper magazines in your house. Um, I used to get this for free, like at the book, at the library, I think the library had stacks of them. Uh, and then that, and I kind of, that's how I found out about it. And I was always enjoyed getting them. And then I think they stopped providing that. So that's when I decided to subscribe. So that is book page. All right. So my book adjacent things too, I'm going to mention right now would be beverages. I'm a big fix myself a cup of tea person or get a glass of wine. So I have two things that I've discovered. The Wall Street Journal has a wine subscription that I have been doing different things for wine. You know, of course, it's a little bit harder to buy wine now because the wine store in my neighborhood is so small. So it's one of those kind of have to go and hope that no one else is there because a lot of stores are limiting the amount of people who can be in there at a time. You know, if it's really small, you can't have, I mean, a bunch of people in there. So it's more by appointment. And so I really, and I used to do a wine, like a wine class that was in Brooklyn that you meet and you get to taste a bunch of wines and they would actually give you information on them. So I wanted to kind of continue my wine education as and have and have something nice to drink when I sit down to read my book. So I discovered this. I really like it. It's the introductory, I think you get a case of wine, plus they put two extras in there and they give you two wine glasses and it's $99. And then I think thereafter it's $160. I think you get a case quarterly and uh, plus the shipping. So I think by the time you do that, it comes out to $15 to $20. No, it comes about to $15 or $16 a bottle, but the wines that they give you are sometimes worth a lot more. And they've all been delicious so far. I think I like wines from Portugal, I've discovered. Nice. 
So that's that. Um, great gift for a friend or for yourself. And <laughs> so I'm testing them out. And as I test others out, I'll let you know if I find something that's just as delicious and a better deal. But so far, I'm really happy with them. So my other selection is something that I discovered one year when we were at BEA. I think they were giving out samples of tea and it was bluebird tea and they had this Earl Grey cream tea that I really loved. So it's the leaves plus, I guess, whatever cream they use. And it's, if you know, if you're, if you don't like, um, if you're looking for a tea bag, then this is not the tea for you. But it was so delicious. I'd been hanging on for this little packet because I guess it was a sample. But it gives you a pretty, the sample size gives you a pretty decent amount of cups of tea, maybe six or seven. And so I'd been hanging on to this bag so that I could get more tea. And I like went on and ordered some the other day. So that's my beverages. All right. So moving on, um, this is stuff for your book club. So if you're in a book club, and you want to get a gift for the people in your book club, I have two recommendations. The first one's actually free. It's called the Book Club's app. Um, my book club uses it not to its full potential, but you can do a number of things with it. You can you, you set up the book club, invite everyone in, you have everyone downloads the app, and then you can use it for scheduling. You can keep track of the books you've read. You can take polls on uh, what book to read next. And uh, there's just all kinds of little ways to keep track of things. So uh, we don't use it much for scheduling. We tend to just resort to a text thread, but I do. it has been helpful for polls. So we'll have a couple of books that we're choosing between and then everyone goes on and votes. So I like the Book Clubs app. It's free and that's Book Clubs with a Z at the end. And the other thing is, you know, sometimes you leave Book Club and you're kind of full of thoughts about the book because you just have these discussions with people and you know different viewpoints and things you hadn't thought of. And then the next month, you're like, wait, what did we read last month? I don't remember. So if you have a little journal that's just dedicated to book club where you can kind of jot down your thoughts either before or after the meeting, and then it becomes a nice little memory of what you've read and what you guys all thought of it and what you discussed. And sometimes at the end of the year, it's nice to look back and say, oh, what was your favorite? And then you just don't even remember what the book was. So if you don't use Goodreads or you don't have a blog or Bookstagram or some other way of keeping track of books, I think this would be a nice gift for your book club. All right. So my next pick is something that I have used this year to organize my TBR and also to keep track of what it is that I am buying is a floating bookcase. It is one of those... It, it's deceptive. You know, it looks like it's just your books floating, but of course there is a metal frame behind it that's sturdy. And I think it holds, like mine holds about, I don't know, I would say 60 to 65 books, depending on what kind of books you have. I use it, it's right by my bed and I use it as my my TBR kind of nightstand. Like I will have a couple that I have that are right by my bedside on a table, which was Addie LaRue lately, and also they all fall down. But this one, I made rules about what can be on it because I want to see how many books I'm buying and whether I'm reading what I'm buying. So on this shelf, I just use, I put all the books that I've actually bought, you know, not, nothing that anyone has sent to me or you know, ARCs. It's all books that I have bought this year and want to read. So 
And if it's filled, then that means that I should think about not buying anymore. So far, that hasn't really helped, but that's what I say in my head. Right. So if you're in the, in, if you need a way to organize, like if you're keeping piles of books by your bedside and you want to get that a little under control, then this is a nice little skinny, um, bookshelf, book stand that you can put by your bed. The base is a little bit big, but the rest of it is is kind of skinny. Will you send me a link to that so I can put that in the notes? Sure. Do the exact one that you have? Of course. Okay. So a couple of other good book adjacent gifts. Um, I found on Amazon this book scratch off poster. So it comes with, it's a poster that has, I think it's like a hundred class uh, books to read good books to read everything from classics to more current stuff i think there may be even be some young adult stuff on there i don't know i haven't seen the list of all the books because i think that that comes with the poster but if you are someone who likes to complete things or have a challenge or you know something to a goal especially during the pandemic um this would be a cool gift and it is a poster. So you, when you scratch off the books you've read, it uh, I think there's a really nice um, image underneath it. So it's pretty and it's interesting. And then you can you know look back on it and see the ones you've read and which ones you have to go. And it, it comes with a list of the books. It's, you can see which books they are and then you scratch them off when you finish. But people seem to really, the reviews on this one were really high. So I will post the link to that in the show notes. It's from Amazon. So there was this gift on Etsy and I have to see if I can find you the link, but I wanted it to get, I wanted to get it last year. And it is this woman who will make a jar and she will do little slips. And I guess you could make this yourself if you wanted to, but hers was really good. And I wasn't going to spend the time to, <laughs> to make one myself. But she will give you a jar that you could have like your 100 best books. Or if you had a TBR and you wanted to send it to her and get it so that you can actually pick out a slip. And um, you can pick out a slip and it'll have the book the book of your choice on it. I guess you could do this with anything, but of course my mind just immediately went to, oh, but love like a little jar full of slips of, of different books that I could just kind of pick out at random. Hmm. So then it tells you what you're going to read next. Right. What you're going to read next. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. Kind of like a to-do list of books. I was looking at this last year and I think she does it by, she will only do so many. So I think at the time I was looking at it, she only had one or two and I just didn't feel like making a list of a hundred things to give her at that point. But I will look for the, um, to see if I can find what it is because I think it's so cool. That's cute. Um, Also on Etsy, I think there are lots of, I'll link to some ideas, but lots of people do wonderful art where you can get a nice little picture of someone reading. Um, there's one that I really like of reading in the bathtub. I may get a few of these for my bathroom, I think is what I was thinking about, framing a few of these for my bathroom. But I think that those would also be a good gift. Like they are really you know, cute drawings of people doing bookish things. You can get them with a dog in the picture or a cat in the picture. I'm sure you can probably even commission some. 
And uh, sometimes they will send it to you just depending on what kind of artist it is. They'll send it on a canvas, but sometimes they just send it to you to frame and just be careful, whichever one you're looking for, that it's something that they will send you. Because there are some that are just digital versions. I think they'll tend to be less expensive. It'll be like five bucks, but you have to print those yourself. And of course, you know, if you want to, you can take them to, I guess, a Kinko's or Staples or something to print them. Or if you have the capability of printing them, but, you know, just something to be aware of because I definitely do not want to print anything. I want you to send it to me. So I have this idea for a gift. So I think I mentioned to you and I even said it on the show that I like to read a book while I dry my hair. And um, one of the challenges of that is how to keep the book open while I'm reading because my hands are busy and it's on the, on a, you know, the counter in the bathroom. So, uh, you know, I'd go through this complicated thing of trying to weight it down with like toothpaste tube or, you know, compact of some sort, makeup or something like that. And it's, you know, it's hard. So I found this thing. It's a bookmark weight page holder. So it holds the book open and it's flat. And so you can just move it up. If it's covering text that you're trying to read, you can just move it up, but it keeps the book flat and open hands-free. So uh, this is on Amazon. And um, I think that would be a great, I think I might get one of these for myself because I definitely need it for the bathroom read. Kind of similar to that. I, when I was home after my accident, like my book club sent me a bath tray that will hold your book or Kindle, Nook, your wine. You know, it has space for a little candle. So I'll link to that as well. That's nice. You have to have the right kind of bathtub for it because it does perch over the side. So I can use it because uh, you know my bathtub, uh, it can't hang over there, but there's like a piece of wall of, in the bath or the actual ledge of the bathtub that I can put it over. But you have to check it out because it might not be for all bathtubs, but I definitely, when I remember to use it, it's so nice because usually I just have a pile of things on the floor <laughs> by the bathtub. Okay, so my last thing on our list is another little, you know, clever item for people who like to read. It is a clip-on reading glasses light, but it doesn't clip to your book. It clips to your glasses. So like while you're reading, you put these little lights that go on either side of your frame of your glasses and it aims the light at the book. So you don't have to have like one of those you know, flimsy book light clips that falls over, doesn't work with a paperback or anything like that. And it just aims the light and it's very concentrated so it won't disturb if there's somebody else in the room. So I will link to that as well from Amazon. Someone mentioned this the other day and you just reminded me of this. So I will look for this to send you is that some people use a clip-on reading light that is red so that like if you want to read before bed, but you don't want like a bright light shining on you. You want something that you can possibly, you know, if you get a little sleepy, it'll be easy to just slide down and go to sleep. So they make these red reading lights that will give you enough light, but are less invasive and, you know, supposedly better for your eye health. So I will link to that. So I think we discussed enough backlist books that we will save our backlist book discussion for next week because we're already have quite a lengthy show and we know, you know, you can't spend the whole day with us. So (laughs) we're going to wrap it up. 
All right. Well, we'll still be talking about other good books through the remainder of 2020. So if you need more gift ideas, just keep tuning in. Yeah. And if we have other adjacent things too, like... Yes. Other things, we'll make sure to include them. All right. Well, until then, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. Thanks.